For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, Top News listeners, this is Luke Garrett. And Megan Cloherty. We're the hosts of WTOP's daily local news podcast, The DMV Download. Don't worry, Top News from WTOP isn't going away, but we wanted to drop in and give you a taste of what we're producing, a podcast that goes deeper into the biggest stories of the day. If you like what you hear, head over to the DMV Download podcast and subscribe. It's Monday, August 22nd. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today, it's the first day of school for students in parts of our region, including Fairfax County. But college students who are moving in today at American University in Tenleytown aren't getting the warm welcome they likely imagined, as academic staff is staging a strike over what they say are unfair wages. I'm almost 50 years old and I have to share a house with four other adults to be able to live in the area. And we talk with WTOP's Luke Lukert about what the strike is all about and how it could affect the university with one of the highest tuitions in our region. I don't think it's gonna impede necessarily the fact that kids are gonna go to class. That's still gonna happen, but the services around those classes are definitely going to be lacking. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. It's moving day in Tenleytown. College students caravan to American University this morning with backpacks and boxes, all in anticipation for their upcoming classes. And along Nebraska Avenue, huge banners welcome the students. But just beneath these waving flags, hundreds of university workers protested for better wages. One sign read, one year of tuition, $53,000. One year of my pay, $37,000. More than 500 clerical, technical, and academic staff members went on strike today after wage negotiations stalled out last week following months of contract meetings. WTOP's Luke Lukert talked with a few university employees who are standing on the picket line today. And Luke, as you know, I mean, going on strike is not a thing you do lightly. I'm sure they didn't take it that way. You lose a day's pay and you risk the repercussions of not showing up to work. So um, who did you talk to and what did they say about why they were doing this? Yeah, I talked to two academic support staff. One was a academic coach and the other a uh, program director for the uh, their school public policy. She works with masters and PhD students, kind of helping them through the process. Okay. And she was actually, uh, her name is Emily Kim. She was actually a graduate of American University. Mm. And shortly after graduating, she decided to stay on as an employee. Mm. And it's funny that you mentioned you lose a day's pay if there's no agreement met during this week they'll lose out on a week's pay and emily did bring that up i initially was on the fence about striking so i'd heard about it and my greatest hesitancy was you know going a week without pay especially with paying for rent and all these other things that's nothing to uh scoff at no not at all and so with stakes being so high and the stakes being her wage Why is she taking this risk and going on a big strike? I think that she just feels like she was uh, being treated unfairly. So for me, since I work for five different programs in my job, sometimes I feel like I'm doing two jobs in one. And what they initially offered me was not what I was expecting and was definitely a lot lower than what I deserved. I talked to uh, 
This academic coach, her name was uh, Amanda Kleinman, and she said that that most of the union people represented by the union were emailed and told that their merit-based raises this summer, they would not be getting those. Mm-hmm. And it was only to union staff. And so basically they're using the raises that they would have gotten this year already as kind of a bargaining chip. To have to compete for this pool of money that's doled out in an arbitrary way by managers, you're essentially competing with your colleagues. So that was part of the contract is they were supposed to get the merit-based raises regardless. For this year, yeah. Yeah. This is for the upcoming school year, what was uh, what they were negotiating for. But basically, I'll I'll read kind of a quote. Union representative said in a letter to uh, the provost that the current call for a strike was in direct response to the university choosing to withhold their annual merit increases as a part of the negotiation. In other words, they think the university is acting in bad faith. Both Emily Kim and Amanda Kleinman that I I talked to were there at that last bargaining session, and Mm. they they were just kind of shocked when negotiators on the other side said, well, we're we're comfortable with what we've offered you, and that's it. We're all going to be busy next week with people moving in. We're done. That's our final offer. Yeah, the SEIU and American have uh, been going back and forth here since May and getting into the numbers. I mean, this is over 30 meetings. They can't agree. Um, what the union's asking for and what the university offered, as you just mentioned. So the offer is a 4% salary increase consisting of a 2.5% across-the-board increase for all members and a 1.5% performance pay pool this year. Um, but Luke's, the wage increase alone is is not meeting that? The university says that this wage increase like averages to 4.6 in the first year, and compared to the union's 5% demand, it's just 0.4% under. So the gotcha. university is saying, hey, look, we're 0.4% away. That that includes what they're saying is uh, when they contribute to uh, their medical health insurance, it, it ends up being 46 Now, the thing that uh, really stuck out to me about like that 4.6% number versus that 5% number yeah. is guaranteed money. That 4.6 is not guaranteed. It mm. is variable. And something that I kind of learned that you're not seeing a lot in, if you're just reading these press releases or these notifications of how uh, talks are going, is just how these merit-based raises are kind of evaluated. Mm. And so it's based off a of performance evaluation, and we all like to think like, okay, well, I do a great job at work. But as a lot of them said, because so many people aren't getting paid very well, they're just so short-staffed, and turnover is just so high. And so a lot of these people, they're claiming that they have to do basically two jobs because there's not somebody else to be there. And so how can they exceed the expectations if they mm. have to spread themselves out so thin? And the system is based on the idea that those that get more of an increase exceed their professional goals for the year. But our turnover is so high that it makes it really challenging to even meet your basic goals um, and to exceed them when sometimes you're doing the job of two or three people is an exercise in futility. Did they say how long they're prepared to do this? You mentioned Emily was saying a week as she was really considering, but uh, you know how that would affect her wallet. But the staff union voted earlier this month to authorize the strike to up, for up to five days, right? Yeah. Could it go longer? As far as I know, they will be ending the strike after five days. I heard nothing saying that it would continue past that. Okay. And it could end earlier. They said, you know, if they're 
come back to the table and offer what the union and what, what these employees want. Amanda Kleiman told me she would be back at her desk tomorrow morning if they came back today and said, yeah, we'll we'll negotiate uh, in good faith with you guys and and give you uh, what they think is a, a fair uh, raise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the big looming question here is whether these 500 workers at American, whether that will kind of shut down or impede the school from welcoming back all of its students. I mean, are classes going to actually run with this strike going on? The two people that I spoke with said that student services were going to suffer. Um, they already said that they have been suffering because there is such high staff turnover. Um, and they alluded that a lot of the reason there there is such high staff turnover is because of, of pay. Mm-hmm. And one one thing that stuck out to me is they say many of these students who get academic advisors, if you've been in college, you usually have one academic advisor as you go throughout your whole university career who kind of keeps an eye on what classes you're going to take, all that kind of stuff. Uh, some of these students have academic advisors uh a different one every year, mm. sometimes a different one every semester, just because the turnover is just so high. So, you know, I, I don't think it's going to impede necessarily the fact that kids are going to go to class. They're, they're, that's still going to happen. But the services around those classes are definitely going to be uh, lacking. And, mm. and Amanda Kleiman, who I talked to, was a uh, an academic coach. She said that her office should have five or six coaches Right now, there's only two. My boss is on maternity leave, so I'm starting as the only academic coach. We had a vacancy, which we did not fill, and both of my colleagues found other jobs in the last month. So it makes it really challenging to offer top-notch student services um, when you're so severely short-staffed. Wow. I mean, and we should say, too, I mean, the freshmen or what is it, the early arrivals are moving in today and then it's sort of structured like throughout the week. So then the sophomores show up then the juniors show up. So this whole week is really moving. It's not like there are classes going on this week and intentionally. Law school is in class. La- I was going to say law school is yeah. in class. Are they outside the law school building as yep. well? That, that's exactly where they're picketing. They oh, are on that walking around uh, the law school building. Um, that's that. That's where they were today. I'm not sure if they're going to stay there. For the remainder of the week. Right. That's where they've been all day. And I saw law students come out of class and law students dress better than most uh, <laughs> most college students. And they were uh, looking at the protests. Yeah. Um, there's a GoFundMe for this uh, fundraiser. I, I mean, I guess to support employees it doesn't really say specifically what the fundraiser is for on the website. But the GoFundMe is already top 21,000 as we're recording this. Twenty one thousand five hundred ninety three. Um, it just shows. I mean, even if they didn't speak to that directly, it shows the support here. You can see all the comments that are on there, and mm. people have donated a lot of money. I mean, there's somebody who donated $1,000, $600, yeah. past students, past professors, past staff. Um, and I have heard from other students, my own who I advise, who've been really supportive. I think one of my students donated. I sent them the GoFundMe link. And, I mean, as far as I know, in the last 10 years of covering education in this city, I haven't heard of any... Um, and this happening before at a university in D.C. So I think this is a pretty big deal. And kind of bring it back to that one sign I kind of mentioned at the top. You know, tuition is a lot of money at American University. You know, it's definitely 50 upwards of fifty thousand dollars a year. So, it, you know, it does bring up that question. Where is that money going? If not, you know, to the staff.
Um, we're expecting to hear back from the university at some point today. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot what parents are thinking, too. Can you imagine yeah. showing up, moving your kid in? You're paying all this money and like the staff is outside saying we're not getting paid. Optics, enough. not I mean, great. No, it's not good optics. I mean, one of their demands and uh, living in D.C. And, and this university is located in a pretty nice part of D.C. where the surrounding area is pretty expensive to live in. Yeah. Some of these staff, like one of their demands is just the fact that they want uh, all of the staff to be paid above $40,000, which is not that much. I'm almost 50 years old, and I have to share a house with four other adults to be able to live in the area. And our landlord keeps our rent very below market value. One of my colleagues who just resigned, she was commuting 90 minutes from Ellicott City so she could afford her own apartment, and she resigned. Now, the school in their release did say that they lost $100 million during the pandemic in revenue. Um, so there, there's a lot of numbers going on here, but I guess we'll just have to keep an eye on it as the strike goes on. Absolutely. And, and just to be fair, you know, this according to the provost, is their recommendation is the biggest pay raise for the staff members in over a decade. So so they think they're coming to the table. They think they are coming to the table and and they very well might be, as you said, revenue is down. And yeah. And so you can't pay. I mean, basic basic businesses, you can't pay people unless you have the revenue to pay them. Luke Lukert following the story for us. Uh, We appreciate your time. We reached out to the school, which maintains it's acting in good faith and resolve numerous issues for the first contract, including agreeing to non-compensation safeguards and guarantees that the union members wanted. It also noted that the 4% salary increase that the university proposed was also offered to be retroactive across the board to July 1st. They sent a statement that says in part, quote, despite this progress, the union rejected our best and final offer and intends to strike during this important week for our students and families. It went on to say, quote, while it's unfortunate that the union chose to strike, American University is supporting our students as they return to campus. And after the break, as you've heard, Megan and I are both in the studio again after two weeks of dueling vacations. We catch up. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download. If you like this show, give us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We love hearing from you guys, and your reviews really do help other listeners find this, our area's only in-depth daily local news podcast. And thank you for making us a part of your day. And before we go, Megan and I have some catching up to do. We've both been on vacations, and yeah, we've, we've, we've been doing it. I know. We've been solo anchoring this thing, letting the other person have a little time off. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It's much appreciated. I mean, it was, it was very nice to have a little break. So you went to the beach. I went to the beach. But we went to different beaches. Yes, yes. I went to Bethany Beach, and uh, I actually found a really sweet surf spot. Um, along the East Coast, which nice. I've been trying to find for like two years. Yeah, you're a West off. Coast guy. So. And so I found it. It's Indian River Inlet. It's right between Rehoboth and Bethany. Mm-hmm. For anyone who's driven between, there's that beautiful bridge that kind of spans over. It's kind of a suspended bridge, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So the inlet shoots water 
out into the ocean and creates a really nice current. So when the tide is low, I don't know all the science behind this, but when the tide is low, <laughs> um, it creates a really nice consistent break. Awesome for anyone who wants to learn how to surf and awesome for anyone who just loves surfing. But when I was out there, the waves got up to like five feet. Oh, like nice. serious guys out there. And who, it was kind of cold, I have to say, the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm used to Pacific Ocean, which is like... 60 degrees, so it was like, you know, it was, it was kind of warm for me. You, like, needed a wetsuit? I did wear a wetsuit, yeah. <laughs> um, I was in Rehoboth, uh, which obviously not too far away. But um, speaking of that same little part of uh, the, the bay, or like I said, the inlet, we've done these kayak tours there. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's we always use this company, Coastal Kayak, where there's a bunch of different kayak tours you can do. And it's really cool. Like, if you're less of the surfing and you're more kind of chill, like mm. me, um, <laughs> you can get tandem ones, you can get regular ones, and they take you, like, there's Little Ass Woman Bay, you can do that one, you can do Burton's Island. And I went with my mom one time, and it's just, like, very serene and chill, and they point out, like, oh, there's an osprey nest, and you oh, can yeah. see a little... You know, a little bit of baby chicklets. And the bay's huge. I mean, there's a lot to paddle around. Oh, yeah. And it's just it's just a totally different beach experience for people who are kind of like, okay, I'm looking for something a little different than just heading to the beach and totally. sitting on the sand. So All in all, big bodies of water, calming. <laughs> that stuff is good. That stuff is good for you. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad we both got our energy <laughs> back from being around the water. We hope you guys had a good vacation if you got one this summer. Um, thanks for listening. That'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. We are sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. And while you're at it, subscribe so you never miss a show. And you can follow us on social media where we're posting content literally every day. Check it out. You can find out more about this podcast and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in D.C., 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a good night.